What makes quizzes an essential part of closing the customer experience gap? And why is that essential for your list growth and sales growth this year? Listen to find it all. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this marketing-focused podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, each month we focus in on a different marketing method, bringing you a masterclass. That might be on email, on SEO, or on Facebook ads, or on something completely different. And each week during the month, I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. This month is going to be all about email marketing. And we're starting off with one of those big topics, because I know you all want always more emails. So we're kicking off with a dive into how you can use quizzes to increase your email sign-up rates. And we're going to talk a lot as well about how using the data you collect and setting up the right quizzes will increase your conversion rates and increase your sales off the back of that content and building that stronger relationship with the customers and improving your creative and all those many things we've been talking about this year. So that's all coming up. Before we meet today's guest and get into it all, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Clavio comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with email marketing expert, Gen Furukawa. Gen is the co-founder of Prehook and host of the Cart Overflow podcast. He created Prehook to help Shopify merchants create amazing experiences through quizzes and product recommendations, and in the process has become an expert in using quizzes to grow your email list. Hello, Gen. Chloe, how are you? Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. Um, you know, I think we've all heard a lot about how quizzes can help, but I know a lot of the listeners still haven't built one. So, um, so this is definitely a hot topic. But before we start mining you for great tips on it all and how to do it all, how did you end up in email marketing? Yeah, the, the connection between a quiz and email marketing might not be like totally linear or might not make a lot of sense. Um, but I started Prehook with two of my my two co-founders. We met as part of the founding team of Jungle Scout, which is an Amazon product research tool. Uh, we joined in 2015. So we had a lot of experience working together, a lot of experience in the uh, e-commerce space, e-commerce SaaS space more specifically. And we realized that there was a difference between what Amazon merchants had to do and what Shopify merchants had to do. And that's basically that Amazon is really focused on SEO for optimizing to making sure that your listing and product gets as much exposure for a search query like, you know, blue widget for kids. A Shopify merchant has a very different 
experience and challenge, and that is to solve the specific problem for what the visitor is looking for. What the visitor is looking for is not super clear necessarily because there could be a wide range of things, whether it's uh, based on gender, like man, male, female, or if it's based on what, what the use case is, like why somebody's buying a multivitamin, for example. There are many different reasons. So we realize that there, with just a few questions, gathering a few pieces of data, at, at capturing a lead, which is where the email part comes in, and then recommending a product, uh, merchants can do a lot more. And that is uh, in terms of accelerating list growth, growing your email list, uh, improving the buying experience, so making it easier to, to know which product is right, and that d- therefore directly impacts conversion rate. And then lastly, and, and perhaps most importantly, since we've uh, launched Prehook more than a year ago, is learning about the customers. And so you might have heard the term zero-party data. And learning more about those and that might be what the interests of your customers are what their preferences their goals their challenges all these things that you can't necessarily get from looking at a first party data first party data is stuff that you're tracking passively so that could be uh, the orders or their their customer lifetime value their engagement on your website or with emails those things won't tell you what a customer will directly and willingly tell you which is where zero party data comes in yeah it's like with the with first party data all that stuff we're collecting we can we can learn a certain amount about our customers but we're not understanding their motivations and the things that happen behind those buying decisions and if we want to succeed in 2022 that's the data we need. And the interesting thing is that certainly from all the research I've read, and I can't remember any numbers, maybe you can, Gem, but um, customers want to give this data to companies to build a better relationship, to get better information back from us, to buy the right products. So this is something which I guess that's one of the reasons why it increases you know, the conversion rate of visitor to email sign up is because they actively want to be participating, don't they? Totally. Yeah, I think the number is like eight out of 10 or something. And and so Accenture, the consulting firm, uh, did a great study on personalization segment, uh, which is a data platform, customer data platform. They've also done studies on personalization. And so you're absolutely right that customers are willing and happy to share data if there is a transparent use case for it. So if the brand is very direct in terms of like how that will be used, and largely it will be to improve the buying experience. So they, they will uh, share their data. They will likely spend more. So they'll have a higher average order value. They'll have more repeat purchases and ultimately a uh, higher lifetime value if the brand can nail a personalized marketing experience. The challenge is that it's very hard. And that's where I think the number might be like three or four out of 10 marketers can say that they're successfully executing on personalized marketing. And so that right there is called a customer experience gap, that customers are looking for a personalized experience. Marketers are struggling to deliver on that experience. And so that opportunity, that gap is where the opportunity is. So if you can personalize effectively. So, um, you know, as marketers, our, our fundamental goal is to hit the right person at the right time with the right message. And you, it's very hard to do that if you don't necessarily have the data points to inform who you should be targeting and, and with what message, what, what offer you should be putting out. And so that's where we're trying to fill the gap with a quiz to provide a direct bridge for a merchant to understand what their customers are looking for. And then I think where Seth Godin has a great quote from This Is Marketing is that marketers have a uh, intrinsic 
need and obligation to help people become the best version of themselves that they want to be. So we understand what their goals are, if you ask that in the quiz. You understand where their current status is, or as in like what their challenges are. If you can bridge that gap with your brand or your product, then all of a sudden the customer sees you in a very different light. And that's exactly what they're looking for. They're looking to solve their problems. So once you can extract what that problem is, it's far easier to understand what problem you're solving for. It is that endless thing, isn't it? There's, we know fundamentally this is a strategy that works. Put a quiz on your website, you'll increase the number of signups you get, use the data, you'll increase your conversion rates, you'll, you'll sell more, you'll get better relationships and longer term relationships with your customers. But people aren't doing it because they just don't seem to get started. Maybe we'll get into the whys, they're not doing it in a moment. But, but let's dive into how the listeners can get started. Let's tell them the best way to do it so they can take advantage of, of this. What seems like a very simple marketing strategy, but is but the devil is in the detail and it's, you know, the right application, personal application will help help people get there. So where do you advise the users of Prehook to start on this journey? They've installed the software. What do they do next? So I, I think starting with a strategy, taking a step back, what is it that you're trying to accomplish or what is it that you're trying to learn? And from there, I think you can understand what value you can offer. So like we we're talking, like people are willing to share. They're only willing to share if there is a direct exchange of value. Like, I mean, if you think of your own personal experience, how often do you want to fill out a survey or, or enter your email if there's not anything in return? So I think first and foremost is what value can you provide your customers or your prospective customers? So that could be something like a personalized assessment, or it could be something more fun like, uh, you know, what what type of person are you or what type of fragrance are you or, you know, what, whatever your brand might be, it's something to align with that. But within that, I think customers also want to learn about themselves. And, and that's kind of uh, at its core, what a quiz is about is to help this process of self-discovery, because as humans, we all just want to learn about ourselves. So if you can figure out what value you can offer, what customer data points would be most helpful and how you can ask that in an engaging way, then you can have a quiz that's really both engaging on the customer end, but also helpful for you on the marketing end in terms of how you're going to use those data points to create tighter segments. And then with, within those segments, how can you create more uh, laser-focused offers or campaigns? And and we can definitely get into this more, but like then we get into the notion of personalization and, and dynamically adding these things, whether you're using Attentive or Klaviyo or, or Omnisend. But understanding, so we, we've said, uh, what value are you going to offer? How can you make it engaging? How can you use those data points? And then ultimately, I think, how can you simplify the buying process? Because if we take our CRO, our conversion rate optimization hat on, the goal there is just to address any objections and make it as easy as possible to answer any any questions or, or, or doubts, fears that a customer might have. Um, and so the quiz can be really helpful in that in that process of uh, both on-site and then afterwards, email, SMS, paid ads to kind of like address the, the customer needs and insert your product in that in that process. I love the way you've explained that again, because I, I always feel like the best use of quizzes are the ones where it marries up the what's in it for the customer with the what the brand can do with it 
in the best possible way, which tends to bring me back to either pet care as an example or hair care as an example, you know, and it's, it's, it's those pieces where, you know, someone comes to the site and they're not really sure what to buy, but the quiz says, have you got curly hair or straight hair or dry hair or greasy hair? And you answer that question and it feels useful to the customer because they're like, yeah, that's really important in my hair care buying decision. Or, you know, is your, have you got a dog or a cat on the pet side of things? And it's super important, but it's also giving the brand exactly the information they need to personalize data further down the line. And something I've seen some brands get properly stuck on with this is they draw that big wall chart of a massive questionnaire, like an eight-part survey or, or quiz they want to deploy on day one. Is that where people should start or should they start more simply? Yeah, I, I definitely urge uh, more simply. Uh, and the reason being, it, it, it's just, it's always better to get something out and then you can you can test it, see if it adds value. And and so, for example, like we we do track revenue from the quiz. So, so you can see, okay, are, are people actually converting? Um, but the reason why you want to start simply is, um, A, it's just easier. You don't want to kind of optimize, <laughs> keep optimizing, but first get something started. But with every question, there is the likelihood that a customer would just close out and bounce. And it's the, the main goal, I mean, similar to any marketing funnel, is to get them to the next step. And so once they start the quiz, that's kind of the start of the quiz funnel. The next step of the quiz funnel is to complete the quiz. And in completing the quiz, you are capturing an, a lead. So it's an email address or an SMS, a phone number. Then you're recommending a product. And so you, you want to make sure that you're not like, adding too many conditions or conditional logic, making it too complicated because you don't necessarily know what you're trying to, um, like what the initial outcome would be. So I do recommend simple simple to start. Um, and then you mentioned that those like eight part really in-depth quizzes. Some of them are, are necessary and what comes to mind is maybe like a hymns or a Roman, something that's more like almost like a, a patient intake, some medical or clinical form. And that maybe is more important because it it qualifies whether the person can can actually take the product, you know, if, if it's related to their their body or health. But some of the simpler ones, um, like if it's a, a pet-related quiz, uh, you can get a lot of mileage out of just a few simple questions. Like for example, if it's cat or dog or what what breed or what age or what uh, health level and then that, that reminded me of one, uh, one interesting thing that I've learned since starting the, the um, prehook and working with uh, a variety of pet brands is that dogs in particular or, or cats as well have very predictable life cycles and so at certain ages they might have certain health problems whether it's like sore joints or, or bad hips or or I don't know like any health issues. So if you can capture even just what breed and what age for a particular dog, then all of a sudden you can create these campaigns like, okay, it's a seven-year-old lab. Here's here's what you need to know about owning your seven-year-old lab. And so that's great from the customer experience because they're, they're learning, you're educating them about their dog that they might or might not know. But what it does on a subconscious level is it establishes you, the brand, as an expert and an educator. And if you think of like Robert Cialdini's book on influence, that's one of the key pillars. I think there were six key pillars is establishing authority. And, and you do that by educating. And you can only educate you know, at, at, a, at a more specific level if you know some of these things. Of course, you could 
educate them on you know the the health of dogs but what value is that unless you you know my specific dog breed and dog age so that's all to say that some of the data that you're gathering in a quiz can be really helpful in establishing you the brand as an authority in the space which would make your job in converting the customer into a paying customer far easier yeah if we can build that trust life is so much easier and and it all starts by just asking the right questions because you know like you said right at the beginning if we're asking questions they think are valuable, we're already building trust before we've even told them that we're using that for anything. So again, would it be fair to say that we might get to a point where we have one short, simple quiz, the cat dog option, where we ask the question, then we capture the email address that's aimed for email signups. That's our, our goal is to get the email sign up. Maybe that's our pop-up. And then we potentially have a take the quiz button somewhere else on the website where we ask a more in-depth buying process. So might we be deploying two for slightly different reasons? The first one primary reason would be grab the email data. The second one would be fast track the buying cycle. So it might even be the you know one of the emails they get after they do the small one is to go and take the long one. Might that be a strategy we'd use? Yeah, most definitely. A lot of our brands do have multiple quizzes. Uh, a third might be a post-purchase survey. You know, or, or like, you know, how did you hear about us? Or what are your thoughts on the product? And and also the, the quiz is kind of a, a requisite in some ways for some of these subscription e-commerce brands. If you think of, say, Scentbird or Stitch Fix or Rockets of Awesome, which is kind of like kids clothing brand. But what you know about the customer at the outset of the experience or the customer relationship is critical to ensuring that on a month-to-month basis, you can send this customer something that they will be delighted to receive and then therefore they will continue their subscription. So yeah, the the use cases of a quiz are broad and ultimately, you know, whether you call it a quiz or a survey or a questionnaire, it's really just about a method and a and a channel to gather customer data that's structured and easy to analyze, easy to pivot and, and play with. You know, the the alternative is of course if you don't have a quiz, you can dig through your support tickets or you can look at your you know if you have an automated chat widget say like an intercom you can you can look at those and like okay what are people um what questions do they have but the challenge is it's it's kind of like sporadic and you need to uh sort through it it becomes a little bit qualitative but if you have in mass a lot of um customer data there's a ton that you can do of course with the marketing with the email but then also if it if it relies on product research you know there are some quizzes that um, that incorporate some questions like you know what, what what type of flavor and so if you're looking for expanding your brand for example you can look at this data of customers and so you already have some notion of established demand for some things which is another great use case but anyway to answer your question there are many ways that that you can use a quiz for the, on the same site so we definitely don't need to try and bundle it all into one mega quiz. Um, and I also I loved what you're saying about looking back at the customer service communications. I think if someone's got, you know, a few ideas of where their quiz might start, that would be a great way to work out what question would be of most value. Because you know, if you if you think should I be asking about the age of the dog or should I be asking about the breed of the dog, and you go to your customer service and every single person you know, the majority of your customer service queries are, is this suitable for a Labrador or is this suitable for a poodle? 
then you go with the breed as your first question. And if, if everyone's going, is this suitable for an old dog? Is this suitable for a puppy? Then you go with the age question. And all of a sudden, you've got a much better starting point before you even start the optimization, which I wanted to come to as the next thing, because you said about pivoting and optimizing your activity. Once you put it live, how soon would you go back in and check and optimize that first quiz? Is this like a quarterly task? Is this a monthly task? Does it depend? You know, we know with our Facebook ads and our Google ads, we should be doing it daily to begin with. I'm guessing daily is probably overkill here. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think to start, you might want to maybe do it a little bit more frequently, like say, give it a month, run it, get some data. If you're maybe, and then now if we talk about keep optimizing, all right, what does a completion rate look like? Is there a significant drop off? At what question is the drop off? Um, how many leads are you getting from the quiz? And what's the percentage? So of those who started the quiz, how many finish, how many add uh, an email opt-in? And then you can even get more granular, like for example, is it email required or is it optional? Do you even ask one? Some some brands don't and just make it super simple. No opt-in required. Just like take it and then we want to recommend you a product. So that that's kind of the main goal here. But yeah, I think looking at the completion rate, looking at uh, what you're getting from it in terms of the customer data. And then I think you might also want to look at your email. And of course, this is email month. If we're talking about like what the post quiz email flow looks like, uh, how does that compare with your standard welcome flow? Are you getting more uh, revenue per send or, or uh, revenue per lead on it? Um, and then maybe are there opportunities to get a la layer deeper, you know, and you have a conditional split. So you, you capture the lead after the quiz, you're sending them a, a post quiz follow up. And that's where you're dynamically inserting, hey, Chloe, this is the product that we think is best for you. And you would just insert a placeholder, but Chloe would get what's recommended to her. Again, would get what's recommended to him. Everybody gets their own personalized um, email. And that's beautiful because you, you build once, you scale infinitely. But then after that, there are opportunities to um, to split the flow. So, okay, Chloe is a lab owner. Let's let's send stuff uh, specific to that. Or Chloe has an older dog. Again, is looking for uh, for help with a, a new puppy. And so, you know, that that's just an example of how you can use the data and be more uh, specific with the content and the education that you're sharing. Um, and then ultimately, does that translate to a difference in revenue per? per email or revenue uh, from email as a channel, because ultimately that's what this is all about. Yeah. I love the fact we've got those two steps, which I think people often forget about when they're doing email sign-up work is one, we want to see what's the most effective way of getting the email. That's really important. Is the survey, the quiz rather working for us in this sense? But then we also need to see, is it bringing in the money? And if if it's not bringing in the money, then we need to, or as, as you know, not hitting the benchmarks we'd normally expect we were getting previously, then we need to, to potentially change the question, potentially change the follow-up because the, you know, the benchmark everyone you're working to here is this should have a very positive impact on the money you get from email signups. So yes, yeah, so there's those two, two kind of key parts to work. And I guess then the data shows you where you need to tweak and improve. Yeah. Or, or where you're succeeding. You know, for us, for example, um, we do track uh, revenue, and that's basically like anybody that that took the quiz and ended up purchasing. We're we're tracking that revenue, uh, and we're seeing uh, like really impressive numbers for the brands that are, I think, executing well from 
their, you know, the whole experience and uh, the email capture, the recommended product, and then the conversion to sale. And I think maybe where where those brands are succeeding is in some ways replicating what an in-person shopping experience is. And that's, you know, if you go to, you have a good sales associate, or even if you go to a fancy restaurant and deal with a sommelier, or you go to a coffee shop and, and deal with a barista, they might ask you a few questions like, what types of wines do you like? Or, or what's your price point? Or, you know, just, just simple questions so that they can understand more of your perspective. In their mind, they're inventorying what they have uh, to offer that matches your criteria. And then they recommend it. And then, okay, there's maybe a little rapport. There's some trust that's built up. And then more often, than that, at least from my perspective, I'm very happy to get that type of recommendation if I feel like I trust and, and that they understand what I'm looking for. And in essence, that's what a quiz is doing at scale. So that's where I think a lot of the brands um, can see an increase in conversion rate and then revenue dollars from the quiz because they, they just make it very simple to um, ask questions and then and then say, hey, this is like what I want. Because some some customers like to click around, spend a lot of time kind of thinking about their investment or their purchase. Um, and some are looking for, uh, just like the the quickest, most pain free way to find a solution to their problem and and check out. And so I think that's maybe the type of customer that you're solving for with a quiz. I love that. I love that. We should do, all go and put ourselves in the in the hands of the matra d or the sommelier. Asking ask the right questions. Think about what what you sh- you'd expect to be asked in that buying cycle, and um, and you can just feel the trust growing as the process goes on. Well, again, we are now going to pause for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the wider world of email marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Clavio comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, again, so far we've gone deep into list growth and far more via quizzes. Um, Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of email marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with email, which of course does include everything we've already been talking about. So again, are you ready for these? Let's do it. Okay, let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? I think it's what you know about your customers. And and so I think f- thinking about that, there's not a lot that you can necessarily do with a first name anymore. That's kind of like um, m- maybe marketing from the early 2000s or 90s. Let's dig a little bit deeper in, and solve the problems, the challenges that your customers are looking for. And so build segments around that, insert that into your your emails and not just a, you know, a first name merge tag. So that's that's probably the first step is segmenting based on goals or based on preferences or, or based on their interests and look beyond just a first name to personalize. 
Nice. I like that. Um, Okay. Once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve performance? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that having an objective approach and running tests, and and I feel like you might get that answer a lot, but I think that's the beauty of digital marketing is that there is no right answer. Like even the right answer, if you have it, will change over time as your customer base changes or as your as your product evolves and the features that you offer or whatever the, the products that you have. So I think that there's like not resting on your laurels to assume that all right, this this works. So let's set it and forget it, you know, indefinitely. So kind of going back, and I think this applies not only to email marketing but also say to content marketing, where you can certainly update a blog post, um, refresh it, add, add more images, and and then that that helps improve it in terms of Google's algorithm and stuff. So having this this um, kind of constant circular motion with um, building, optimizing, and going back uh, is a good strategy. I like that as well. Strangely enough, as someone whose own personal motto is keep optimizing, not only the title of this podcast, yeah. keep doing it. It's circular, everybody. It never ends. But that's also what it's so exciting about it. Um, right, Gen, if someone listening wants to learn more about email marketing, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? Yeah. You know, I learn a lot from, uh, like, there's um, Milled, and really good emails, which I think are, are both great resources. It's basically just a repository, a swipe file of different DTC brands and the emails they send. And you can filter it based on campaign type or or brand type specific brands as well. And so I think like, yeah, again, you don't no need to reinvent the wheel per se, um, but just kind of being inspired by what other brands are sending and doing. Um, and then also there are different use cases. I think is really helpful. And, and again, this is something that applies beyond just email, but building a, a swipe file or an, uh, a set of inspirations that you think are good to kind of like tweak, build as your own um, is a good thing. See, I'm, I'm a massive fan of milled.com. I hadn't come across really great emails. So I'm going to be going and having a look at that in yeah. a minute. Yeah, uh, really good emails. Really good emails. Very important to get that right. Yeah. Um, and it's it's one of those things which I find not as many marketers do as should do, because all marketers should do this. We should all have swipe files. We should all have a Gmail account where we sign up to our competitors and inspiring brands for their emails, for inspiration for our email and beyond. So that is probably going to be my favorite resource tip of the month. So thank you very much for that again. Um, and finally, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm spending more time in Web3. That's not the six to 12 months away relevant to e-commerce, but that's that's uh, uh, to put on the radar. But I think what we talked about earlier, going back to the beginning of the customer experience gap and this urgency and importance of people looking to not just be a number to you know, or, or just to receive uh, a blanket blasted campaign, but that there are expectations of what we as customers are looking for in the customer experience and then to meet those. And so that's, you know, again, your, your first rapid fire question, I think segmentation can help you get there. I think using some of the, the technology of say a Clavio attentive OmniSend PostScript to dynamically insert placeholders uh, that will, that will help to offer a personalized experience. I think that's where customers are, are looking to, to kind of like, have brands deliver on. And so if you can do that, and that starts with the data maybe that you're gathering and how you're using it, you'll be far ahead of others in in your competitive sphere. Yeah. 
so essential every year, but this year, if you want to even stand still, you've got to start doing this. Um, again, thank you so much for sharing so much with us. Before we say goodbye to you, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web? Absolutely. Uh, a prehook you can find on the Shopify app store. Just search for prehook or prehook.com. My personal contact is gen, G-E-N at prehook.com. Uh, I would love to answer any questions about zero-party data, personalization, quizzes, anything that I might have mentioned here or didn't mention. Um, so please feel free to reach out by email. But yeah, it's prehook. Excellent. And you've got a podcast too, haven't you? So as, the, as we're talking to podcast listeners, you better tell them a bit about your podcast. Totally, totally. Yeah, it's uh, cartoverflow.com is the podcast. We just focus specifically on e-commerce marketers uh, with experienced operators, experts, agencies, tech partners. We can find Chloe's episode there from a few months ago. But yeah, I, I basically use it as a an opportunity to uh, connect, learn and share with people who are experts at what they do. Excellent. So that's the Cart Overflow podcast, everyone. Um, again, thank you so much for being on the Keep Optimizing podcast today and for being so generous sharing your expertise with us. It's been lovely catching up with you again. Chloe, it's a pleasure. Thank you. So there you have it, the new email marketing method that sounds too good to be true, but isn't. You've just got to put the effort in to actually build it. So we're talking about short form quizzes. One question, grab the email address to get those email addresses to, to increase the performance of your pop-ups. Then we're talking about potentially larger style quizzes that ask a few more questions to help in the product discovery process, which because the consumer gets involved in that process, they're more likely to buy, plus you're putting the right products in front of them, so they're more likely to buy. And then using that zero-party data that you're collecting to then further personalize the communications they get in there welcome campaign, in their post-purchase campaigns, in your broadcast and all the rest of it in order to increase sales further down the line. We discussed a lot of bits and pieces in there. So if you want to get the full transcript of the episode, our notes and more, then you can get all of that at keepoptimizing.com. There you can also sign up to our monthly Q&A webinar because as part of my mission to help you improve your marketing this month, I have invited all our email marketing specialists to join us at the end of the month for a live Q&A session, which is your chance to get your questions answered. Just head to keepoptimizing.com and you'll find out how to get signed up and when it's happening. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed it and you can't wait until next Wednesday when we put out the second of our 2022 email marketing masterclass episodes, then I've got two things you can do right now to take your email marketing learning ever further. The first is to listen to episode 80 that we put live earlier this year with the brilliant Ben Parr from Octane, who is talking about zero-party data and quizzes. So that really does build on what we've been talking about in this episode. Or number two, you could listen to our 2021 email marketing class where we covered a lot of big email tactics with those experts. Uh, I'd say all of it remains relevant to 2022. So scroll back to episodes 36, 37, 38, 39, and 40, or go to the keepoptimizing.com website, click on topics and click on email marketing to get it all. So feel free to go and extend your email learning before we put out our next episode. Enjoy all of those. And please do tell your fellow marketers about the show because we produce it to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their e-commerce marketing. And this year, 
it's more essential to do that than ever before. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.